Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Well, today we're going to have the second interview, the second part of the interview with Dylan McGaster. Before we get to that, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. Looking for a sewing machine that's both portable and powerful? Look no further than the legendary Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1. Take it to the marina, store it on your boat. The Ultrafeed goes where you go. This high-performing, heavy-duty machine sews both in zigzag and straight stitch. The Ultrafeed can handle your toughest jobs with absolutely zero loss of power or skip stitches. It breezes through up to 10 layers of Sunbrella canvas and 8 layers of Dacron sailcloth. With the most dependable all-metal internal components, the Ultrafeed is a piece of well-engineered machinery that's built to last. Sailrite has been building the Ultrafeed for over 20 years. This tried-and-true powerhouse machine comes with a 5-year limited warranty and the best customer service in the industry. The machines are assembled, fine-tuned, and tested at Sailrite's manufacturing facility by a team of highly trained technicians. Every machine is calibrated and tested before it's shipped to guarantee both smooth operation and machine quality. Take your sewing skills to the next level with the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1 sewing machine. All right, I'm back with Dylan McGaster for part two of our interview. We uh, we went over an hour in the last interview, and we really had just started scratching the surface and we finished up talking about the uh, the beta engine. But now I want to get back to your your travels. Uh, you went around. Let's 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 go up. So you went around the um, the Peloponnese Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all the way up through there. What islands did you visit while you were in Greece? On your this is going to be your first year or the second year in Greece. This would uh, it would be my first year in Greece. Uh, just coming up on the first year anniversary on the sailboat. So I moved on the boat on May sixth of was twenty twenty. So twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, May sixth of twenty eighteen. Because now I'm past two years on the boat. And um, so this would have been the beginning of 2019. I we, yeah, we sailed to Othoni, and then from Othoni sailed to Arikusa, which are the two northernmost islands in the Ionian Sea, which are beautiful little islands. Um, when we were there, it was like March or something like that, and um, yeah, basically nobody on the islands, like very few amount of people on the islands, which was nice. Um, and then from there, we actually made a quick pit stop into Albania just to exchange some currency because the Albanian lek, I think is what they call their money, is a closed currency. And we had a chunk of change that needed to be swapped over. So stopped there and then went down onto Corfu, spent some time in Corfu. They, the, the town of Corfu is really nice. It's one of my favorite towns I've ever been to of that size. Um really beautiful and what was cool is like we went into um near guvia to uh we had some mail ship to guvia so we stopped and picked up the mail at guvia and just anchored outside of the marina because it's not a cheap marina 
Um, no, it's a real expensive <laughs> marina, but you can anchor outside of it. Where did you anchor? Because I'm zoomed in on it right now. It's yeah, basically just right outside of it. Like there's a few um, lights to indicate the channel coming in, and then if you're coming into it, you turn left to get into the marina. It's before you turn left. There's a little bay. It, it's only good for if there's southerly wind. You don't want to stay there, but. Um, we didn't, I don't think we stayed overnight there. We might, no, I think we did. Um, there's a couple sailboats out there. Uh, I think on Navionics, it shows okay. that you can anchor there. Anyway, we stayed there just yeah, for like so a day or two. a little bay to we, the... Did you find it? Well, I see the little bay called, uh, by the town of Limney, which is the opposite of the marina. So you just take the dinghy across to get to, or just walk yeah, around. Yeah, let me pull up the... my map here. Um, I always pull up Google Earth when I'm talking to somebody, so zoom around here. Right. So I can so, follow them. Yeah, Guvia. Um, yeah, if you go in that marina, you just come out of the marina, you turn right, and then you, you're going through the green and red buoys, and mm-hmm. then right there um, outside of, yeah, what is that, uh, Kirkia or something like that? Okay, okay. Yeah, it's just right there. If you're coming out of the marina on your left, um, on Navionics, they've got a few anchor spots there. Good holding, okay. nine meters um, anchorage outside of Guvia. So we stayed there a day or two and then came down uh, to the port to check in and so, uh, did so all that you, kind you, of business. You hadn't checked in yet. You just went in and got your stuff and then went down to the... Because you can check in at Guvia. Right. But it's a pain but it's in the more pot. expensive there. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And like we, <laughs> Greece is so relaxed. We we went in to check in, and they're like, ah, the people, you know, the people already left to do the check in. Come back tomorrow, and then we came back the next day, and it's like, ah, it's a holiday. Come back the next, day. and it's like, they they <laughs> did, were not concerned at all. Um, and I don't know if that's all of Greece or just that area, but I've had similar experiences in different parts of Greece. So, yeah, I've so had that then, experience in Corfu as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, they're super relaxed. I like it a lot. Um, we went to this spot that I, I really liked. Um, there's a there's a yacht club in the Venetian fort outside mm-hmm. of Corfu mm-hmm. um, on the northern side. Yacht club, what's it called? Uh, it's right at the base Mandrake. of the castle there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... During the during the season, they don't let anybody stay there because it's busy. But during the off season, you can stay there for I think it was like twenty four euros a night um, with power and water, which is like a third the price of Guvia. I think Guvia they uh, checked us at like sixty something euros a night. Um, so we stayed there, and that was fantastic. Really nice spot. Um, you, I mean, you get off the boat and you walk through this ancient Venetian fort to get into Corfu to go get your groceries or whatever, go eat at a cafe. And so it it feels like you are back back in the day, sailing before, um, you know, engines, before planes, before all that kind of stuff. You're like, I just sailed into a fort and now I'm entering this really old town. Um, I like I like that spot a lot. I've I've gone by it many times, but I've never stayed there because I'm always at the height of the season anyway. So right. It's, uh, but I've, I've yeah, looked at if it. If you're ever there in low season or shoulder season, call Mendrake and see if they'll let you stay. It's a good spot. 
Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. So, so that's where you stayed. Because I was going to say, where did you anchor? Because that's a Corfu town is a is an expensive place. I did find a free place to stay, which is a, a little bay um, right at the north of the town. But the reason it's free is it's polluted with uh, sewage and it smells terrible. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're talking about. Where you can have access up the river to get to the uh, Lidl. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It was really bad. Yeah. I stayed there a few nights, and I think I poisoned myself by staying there. But, uh, yeah, mm. I wouldn't do it again. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I know what you're talking about there. It's not a great spot. Um, but, yeah, Corfu, there's not a whole lot. Of, there is a spot on the southern side of the Venetian fort that I've seen people anchored there. actually ran into Martin again, and he was um, – Martin's coming up all sorts of times in this podcast. But we ran into him for a second time, and – um, Corfu. Yeah, I anchored, anchored on, on the, the south side, side of that. Yeah, I've anchored there, but it can get pretty blustery at the wrong time if you're if you're there during the wrong time. But I, I've anchored there. Yeah. There's always a lot of boats anchored off of there. Some of the mega right. yachts are always anchored off of there too. So anyway, continuing on, um, go ahead, run with it. Yeah, well, that's one of the real benefits of doing like year-round sailing is there's normally only like two months that the weather's not, you know, nice, the January and February. Um, beyond that, most of the time the weather's tolerable, and then you get your days that are not particularly great. But then in that shoulder season and not the deep off season, you get all the benefits of traveling in the off season of, especially in a place like Greece and a place like Croatia, it's the same, like small local docks public docks are all free um there's nobody you know nobody crowding up the anchorages you get the anchorages to yourself if you're sailing in the shoulder season in the fall the water's warm because it's been heating up all um summer and so you can go swimming if you're sailing in the spring the water's really cold um but but you get those benefits of you know traveling in the shoulder season which is one of my favorite times to travel so it's like Mandraki was super cheap. And then there's another small little harbor on the southern side, which I think is another yacht club. And that one was completely free. And so we were able to just dock there. And, and I've experienced that a lot in Greece. There's a lot of different docks and harbors that are completely free that you can dock at, um, not during the high season. So, yeah, we went down Corfu. Um, and then from there, sailed to, I need to look at the map to make get my geography right, but to... Uh, Paxi or Andy Paxi, whichever one's more north. Yeah, Paxi. Spent a couple days there, um, which is beautiful island. Once again, on, in the off season, so we're able to stay docked in um, Gaios for free, which was fan- that was fantastic. That was really nice, um, and that's a spot that like you, I could tell in the high season, this place would be packed with boats. Uh, yeah, not, I've been there. And, I've been either. there in high season, and if you want to go into Gaios, you need to get there in the morning as people are leaving. Otherwise, it fills up, and you won't be able to get into Gaios. So, mm-hmm. is it up. free yeah. in the high season? Um, you're technically you're supposed to check in with the port police, but nobody does. Right. <laughs> so I've right. never been charged when I've been in there. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's good but, to know. Yeah, I've never been charged, but they. Uh, here's what I've found with Greece: a lot of these places charge, but they don't want to bother with it. 
So what they've started to do, which I think makes sense, is they've uh, they've given a license to a local guy to go around and collect the money, and then they share it with him. Because if you went to the port police, they would spend uh, literally 15 to 20 minutes filling out multi-forms, multiple forms, and then charge you like five euros. And it just doesn't right. make sense. You know, and it yeah. just doesn't make much sense. So now I've seen in a few ports in Greece... Uh, I'll be sitting there, and a gal will come around and say, oh, how long is your boat? And then he'll charge me, and that's that. And then, then you don't have right. to go to the port police. But technically, you know, every little harbor you're supposed to go into, you're supposed to go into port police, but nobody does. So Right. Yeah. And yeah. then they added that TEPAE tax, which is not that bad if you're under 12 meters. But as soon as you get over 12 meters, it starts to get pretty expensive. Um, under 12 meters, it's like 33 euros a month. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're like 12.1, I think it's 90 euros a month. And it's like, ooh, that's that's a bit more annoying to have to pay that on top of whatever else you have to pay. Still, it's not that, not all things considered, not that much. But um, if you're a budget sailor, like many are, it can be a little bit of a deterrent. That being said, all the other benefits of Greece definitely outweigh that. Yeah, you can't get by with 33 euros a day in, in Croatia. So, I mean, no, with all not costs. even remotely. <laughs> Croatia is so expensive compared to Greece. All right. So, yeah, we, we kept uh, island hopping down through the Ionian, went through Paxi, Andy Paxi, um, accidentally skipped uh, uh, Levkis. I just didn't know about Levkis, so I haven't been there, but I've heard great things about Levkis. So, so you um, went and, all the way around that peninsula then, huh? Hmm? So you didn't go through the Levkis Canal. You went around then, huh? Well, we went through... Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did not okay. go through the Levkis Canal. We sailed straight from Andy Paxi all the way down to um, to Kefalonia, to okay. Euphemia. All right. Euphemia, okay. um, which was great. Also accidentally skipped, um, which I'll, I'll get there at some point, but uh, Fitzgardo. I haven't been to Fitzgardo. Yeah. Which is, well, you were right I've by heard. there, too. You could have easily taken a little bit of a left and gone right into Fitzgardo. Yeah. Right. I just didn't know about it at the time. I just didn't even know it existed. <laughs> right. Well, that's... Yeah. That gives you plenty more to explore the next time around. So you continued yeah. down. So this is the first year, the first time in Greece, and you're going around the Peloponnese Peninsula then. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so made it to Kefalonia, stopped in Kefalonia. That was great, too. Really, I, I like Kefalonia a lot. Um, and um, from Kefalonia, went to Zikanthos. We spent a good amount of time on Kefalonia. I don't remember how long, but it was a couple of weeks um, and yeah, went out to Zakynthos, went to the Marine Park on the southern side of Zakynthos. Um, well, we sailed almost, almost completely circumnavigated Zakynthos, but not quite. Um, you know, went to Na- uh, Nav- Navigo Beach, um, with the shipwreck, you know, the shipwreck beach, and then came down on the southern, southwestern side of Zakynthos, which is really beautiful. No anchorages, but really beautiful. And, um, yeah, then came into the marine park and saw a couple sea turtles, which was really nice. And from there, we sailed uh, straight, I think, straight to Kalamata. I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure we sailed straight to Kalamata. Okay. Uh, and, we, and we went to Kalamata uh, to get 
uh, trained in free diving because there's there's a free diving club Greece is in Kalamata Greece which um, some of the free divers that I look up to in uh, free diving photographer uh, Dan Verhoven I had messaged him and I was like hey man I'm in the Mediterranean I really want to learn free diving like where do you recommend you you seem to know what you're doing. Um, and he was like, either go to this place in Cyprus or go to this place in Greece. These are the two best places in the Mediterranean. So went to Kalamata specifically for that um, and got trained in free diving for like a three-day course. And that was fantastic. Really, really enjoy free diving a lot. Cool. Yeah, I haven't been there. And I haven't been to Zakynthos either. So those are two places in Greece that I'll be heading down to at some point in time. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you're the southern side the of Zakynthos is kind of weird, um, especially where the marine park is. Mm-hmm. Um, you you end up with this really strange vibe that feels kind of like Miami mixed with Albania and Greece. It's uh, this being said, it was also shoulder season while we were there. But like you're you're walking down the main strip just off of this beach where everybody's come to this beach to see sea turtles. Um, but Zakynthos is like kind of known as one of the cheap party islands in Greece. And so you're, you're walking through and there's like um, real like the types of restaurants that you would see in a suburban downtown in America. Uh, like I can't think of one, but um, like Chili's type of restaurants, Applebee's type of restaurants. Um, which you just don't really see that in other parts of Greece. And then also along that, it's like um, sex shop, sex shop, cannabis shop where they sell CBD cannabis um, and just like all these really weird eclectic group of shops. Um, Yeah, and it was raining while we were there too. (laughs) And and you have to walk through all of that to get to like the one supermarket. Um, You have to walk like a kilometer inland. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> knowing that, I'll go in forewarned when I. Uh, yeah. So this is on the south end, then down down around Kalamaki. Is that where you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, down there. Um, which is so funny because like the northern part of the island does not lead you to believe that. And if you go to actual like Zakynthos, Zakynthos, where the harbor is, it's mm-hmm. not like that at all. It's just this. Yeah, this one spot near Kalamaki that's like the party spot. Um, where everybody goes and parties and looks at sea turtles, um, and yeah, it's it, it's it's a it's a very strange juxtaposition to have the western side of Zakynthos, which has no anchorages, there's like no houses, no buildings, just pure rugged Greek beauty, and then you end up in this spot that is like a cheap knockoff of, um, it's not even like a cheap knockoff of uh, uh, what's what's the most Mykonos it's not even cheap knockoff of Mykonos it's like a cheap knock knockoff of the lame parts of Miami <laughs> <laughs> okay hey let me ask yeah. you a question I don't know if it was your YouTube channel or somebody else's but one one uh, one headline that I read and I didn't watch the video said we got ripped off in Montenegro was that you or somebody else that I'm thinking of um my boat got broken into in Montenegro. Okay, that yeah, you did a, a video on it then. Okay, so what happened there? Yeah, so when it was our first anchorage in Montenegro, and it was let's see, it was it was before we got to Bar, 
um, just a real small anchorage. Really, you can only fit one boat in it. Not very protected. It was really rolly. Um, but we were coming from Albania, and it was a nice stop in between there and Bar. And so we stopped there for like a day or two. And uh, we we went in to go to a cafe to find a coffee shop, do some internet work, computer work. And as we were going in, we were in the dinghy, and we saw these, I don't know, four younger guys, probably late teens, maybe early 20s. And they were on one of those, like, paddle boats you know the ones that you pedal and they have a slide mm-hmm. on them they're like a big square boat a few people can sit on them you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yep yeah so these so like was it this was probably were, was this in ulcin j ulcinj ulcin j that's a that's the southernmost little town that you can actually have a little that i went to that had a little bay that you could anchor in which was pretty rolly does that sound familiar yeah. to you? Let me pull up this map. I, I believe that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like a real narrow one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and and there's like a small little fishing uh, harbor that you put the dinghy in. Yep. Yep. That's it. And then it. you have to like go up up the big hill to get to the coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's all a climb up, a, a long climb up the hills there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. like yeah, that. Yeah, that was that, it. I, that had a bad yeah, feel so, to me. That whole little town had a bad feel to me. So yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, it's got, yeah, yeah, like not not necessarily the best people are going there for their vacations type of feel. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, uh, yeah. That was where we hopped off to head on over to Albania when we sailed down there as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate because. Uh, that was our introduction to Montenegro. But let, let me finish the story. So they're on this boat. They're paddling around, and we're taking the dinghy past them. And we're like, that's that's just kind of strange that there's these four younger guys on this boat paddling around. And um, the way they were kind of looking at us was making us feel a bit uncomfortable, but I didn't really think anything of it. Now, obviously, I would have done this whole situation differently. Um, but so we take the thing in, uh, tie it up. And as we're walking up, I'm kind of watching them and they're still just paddling around and we go to the coffee shop, come back, go back to the boat. And we had uh, a throwable, one of those long throwables that sticks out of the water with a flag on it. You know, mm-hmm. it's got like a counterweight at the bottom so that, uh, if somebody goes overboard, you've got a, a big pole and a flag sticking out of the water. We had one of those that they had broken and then um, they had went up and untied the ropes that secured our whisker pole to our boom. So the whisker pole was like uh, uh, swinging around and hitting the mast. And then they um, had just done some other shenanigans. We had two little bags that we kept just miscellaneous things in that they stole they dumped everything out of the bags and stole the bags um and then they left a pair of shorts and i'm actually wearing these shorts right now (laughs) they left a pair of shorts on the boat um so one of the guys went back without shorts um obviously i washed them before i wore them and um and yeah they, they didn't take anything out of the cockpit lockers which were accessible and they didn't I mean, luckily we had the boat, the hatches locked and the companionway locked, so they didn't have access down below. Um, 
but that was it and it was like that was really uncool and um yeah did not make me feel good so then which is a shame because um kotor is phenomenal and that's also in montenegro and mm-hmm. that's like one of the highlights of the mediterranean i think is kotor yeah it's a cool town yeah the, the uh, it's so cool it's 17 miles up in an inlet and then you're basically anchored in a lake a lake um and glassy water like glassy water that you don't get just in a protected bank anchorage when there's no wind it's like zero movement on the water is yeah really nice yeah yeah surrounded by mountains yeah yeah, yeah, I've been to Montenegro. Great. That's always been my place to stop over and start my VAT t- clock over again was going down to Montenegro. So it's a, a regular spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? to? Of course, you're on the boat all the time, so you're moving around all the time. You have to worry about Schengen more than you have to, to worry about VAT. Right. So that's a big deal for you then. All right. So, okay, I didn't mean to... I stop you on that, but I just remember that, and I wanted to ask you about that. So let's continue. Let's continue down through uh, uh, the Peloponnese Peninsula. You're doing uh, free diving lessons. Yeah, yeah, in Kalamata. Um, Yeah, so from that, we we spent a few weeks, maybe a week and a half, in Kalamata. And Kalamata is known as like one of the calm zones of Greece. They very rarely get wind, which makes it great for free diving. Um, not great for sailing, so you kind of have to motor in and out of there. And on the map, the bay does not look that big, but it's it's a big bay. It's like, um, I mean, I can pull up my, the yeah, the fastest way out is 20 miles, and then the long way out is 35. So it's not it's not a small one. Um, so, so we kind of like hopped down the eastern side of that, made a couple days out of it, um, and then worked our way around. There's like three main lakes that come off the southern side of the Peloponnese Peninsula. Um, all right, so there's three main fingers on the southernmost part of the Peloponnese. And on the easternmost finger, there's we were told about this shipwreck that um, it's a tanker shipwreck that is not very deep. It's to the top of the shipwreck is maybe uh, it's like th- three, no, it's more than three meters, maybe uh, four to five meters to the top of it and then the bottom of it is like seven to eight meters deep and so we went to that to do some free diving on that ship because we we're like well we just learned how to free dive shipwreck perfect um stopped there and then uh stayed there for a night and luckily uh the way the wind was it was calm there and then that leg is actually notorious for like potentially being really dangerous with its gusts and so we got up the next day early in the morning before sunrise and started heading out to sail to Milos, which um, was a highly recommended island from um, some of my Greek friends. They're like, it's one, it's, they're like, it's one of the best islands in Greece um, that is not over touristy, um, that you can still get like some of the benefits of tourism like a good amount of tourists, but it's not overdone like Mykonos and Santorini. And it's not insanely expensive like those ones. Um, and so we did the sail from that shipwreck to Milos. And that was actually a pretty long sail. And 
in the middle of that sale. I'm pretty sure it was a bit far away, so I couldn't tell exactly, but I ended up seeing this ship later on in Greece. So I think it was the Maltese Falcon had cruised past us, um, which was pretty cool to see. And then I ended up coming across the Maltese Falcon um, on the on the island of Syros in the that big port there on Syros, Hermopolis. We came across the Maltese Falcon there, and it was docked, and so he was able to get an up-close look at it. But, um, yeah, it cruised past us on our way to Milos. And then uh, spent... A couple weeks on Milos, really nice. Good protected uh, bay pretty much from any weather. Even, like, the bay's pretty big. It's, I don't know, maybe a mile or two across. And so if the wind's coming from the west, you get a little bit of fetch, a little bit of waves. But, yeah, it's a mile and a half across. But nothing that really warrant. I mean, you can go over to the other side of the bay if you want to to anchor to have real calm. But to me, it's like, oh, it's nothing that really warrants moving. So... Stayed there for a couple of weeks without moving the boat, which was really nice. Um, and that that island's a great. Have you been to Milos? Yeah, yeah. I never. I've sailed down there in a charter boat years and years ago, over twenty years ago, and I loved it. Um, but I've never been down there in my own boat. Never, never in my own mm. boat. I've sailed by it, but uh, it's always been out of out of range for where I've been sailing. But yeah, I liked mm. it. I, I and the last time we wanted to go down there. We were we were way up uh, by Athens, um, yeah. And the uh, Meltimis were blowing, and we could get down there, but who knows if we could ever get back up? <laughs> yeah, so we no we, ended, we ended up taking a ferry down to it and just staying in a in a, a little bed and breakfast. So that was yeah. Did you stay up in the Placa up on the hill? No, we stayed down by the by the uh, marina down by the coast. Down by the marina, yeah. yeah. That plaque up there is real nice. That's like a, um, that's what I was told. I was like, you go up there, mini Santorini, mini Mykonos, no problem. Uh, seventh the price. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit far if you're, if you're only got like a week or two weeks and you're starting in Athens, it's a bit of a jaunt. Yeah, we chartered the boat out of Athens, got down that far, and it was a real push to get back. It was really, yeah. really tough to get back in the time we had. So I wouldn't recommend that. Try to get yeah. Down and did there, you so. going back? Did you go up those three islands there, the Kia, uh, Keithnos, and what sort Serpnos? No, I was young and stupid at the time. So we went from um, Thera up to Mykonos, and then Mykonos up to. Um, uh, Kio, Kia, and then Kia back. So we were on a hurry to get back. So those were our hops yeah. from, from yeah, yeah. That's that's a good that's a good jump, big jumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done many of those, so I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, that being said, once I actually got into the cyclade cyclot, how do you pronounce it? Is it the cyclades? I say cyclotus. I say cyclotus. Uh, that was how it was told me. I've heard it many different ways, so I'm not sure what yeah. the correct pronunciation is. Yeah, because I, I, say the I always say cyclades. That's how I originally said it, but then somebody corrected me, and so now I say cyclotus, and I don't know what's mm. right. So, yeah. Need to ask ask some of my Greek friends about that one specifically. Um, once I got into the Kiklades, the Cyclades, um, 
I, I started taking it like one island at a time, which was really nice. By the time um, I started heading south through Croatia, I had kind of figured how slow to take it, even if I'm, you know, our whole goal in Croatia was to get out of Croatia, basically. But even then, it was like, you know, I don't really want to do more than 25 miles a day if we don't have to. Yep, that's um, about my that's about my goal. Twenty five, thirty max. If I, but when I have to, I can, you can go a lot. There's a few places you can't do it that you have the big hops, right? But as a general, you can get pretty much anywhere in about thirty miles a day. So, but yeah, there are especially a few in Croatia and Greece. Yeah, 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 and then and then just do the big passages. Yeah. So I want to ask, talk to you about um, working your way up into the Black Sea. That's something I yeah. haven't done. So let's let's head that direction. Yeah, so we uh, stopped in Athens for a few weeks and then basically kind of by this time, I'm like two months into it. Um, you know, my dad came out, some people came out and about two months into the Shenzhen, it's like, OK, well, I need to get out. Um, and so it's like, well, Turkey will get me out. But then I, I, I was planning a trip to go to the UK to do a bunch of filming of uh, alternative living spaces, and so I was like, "Well, where do I want to leave the boat?" Not necessarily in Turkey because it's kind of expensive in the marinas, actually. Um, not necessarily in Greece because Shenzhen, uh, closest spot. Yeah, Bulgaria. Why not? It's cheap. Seems like it'll be a cheap spot. It's definitely cheap. Um, and it seems like a nice adventure to get up there. That's basically the, it, like <laughs> the same reason I'm in Tunisia. Yeah, it's cheap and sounds like an adventure to get there. <laughs> um, so sailed across the uh, Cyclades in, I don't know, eight days, something like that, 10 days, three of us, me, Danny, and Troy, and uh, made landfall on the mainland of Turkey in Kusadasi. And then okay. from Kusadasi mm-hmm. worked our way north through Turkey. Okay. So, so from you, what I understand about Turkey, the best parts is the south, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Down around uh, Fethiye, uh, not, is it Fethiye? F- let me look. Down around south of Marmaris. Marmaris and south is where you really want to go. Uh, but there's a right. whole there's a whole area down there called, um, oh, what's the name of it? Well, kind actually from Actually, from from uh, Bodrum South is it's all good. So there's lots of places mm. to hop in from Bodrum South, but uh, mm-hmm. going north, I've gone up the Turkish coast where you're talking about. There's not that much going north, except no, um, it's not that great. There is a little place that has some hot springs. Um, mm. Did you stop? I'm trying to remember. It's been so long, but uh, there's a kind of a real cool little bay. Um, I can't remember the name, the name of it, that uh, you're really out there by yourself because there's not very many uh, cruising sailors that head up there. But uh, had mm. some hot springs that were at, went actually right into the ocean, right into the sea. Oh, so you okay. could sit in the Mediterranean and, and just... No, I, the only hot springs I've done were springs. in Greece, actually. I didn't do any in Turkey. Okay. Um, but I, I did have somebody recommend me if you're in northern Turkey to go to this place called um, a- Asos A S O S. That sounds uh, familiar. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just yeah. north of Lesbos, the Greek island of Lesbos. I, I didn't actually end up stopping there, um, but they were like that spot is exceptional. 
So, but in my experience, the rest of that northern part of Turkey is nothing really. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to say because you're comparing it to places like Greece and Croatia and Malta that are just like really really nice. Um, and so you know, if you've never sailed in some of these other spots, you'd be like, oh, this is really this is pretty cool." But it's in my opinion, it's nothing particularly to write home about that northern part of Croatia. There's a cool island, um, Bos Boscada, just off yeah. of mm-hmm. before Chanakale. That that one was pretty cool. Yeah, if it were me, you know, knowing what I know, I would work my way up the Greek islands to Lesbos and then hop over to Ivalik and clear customs in Ivalik and then work the rest of the way up. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's just me. Yeah. I've I've heard really good things about the Greek island of Samothraki, which it, haven't I haven't been, been there. to. No, I haven't been there. So I, but that uh, I'm looking, I'm zooming in on it right now, and it doesn't look like there's a lot of anchorages. It looks like a pretty straight no, up island there. Yeah, it, it's it's supposed to. I think it, there's just like one or two harbors, and there's almost no anchorages around the whole island. But it's that the interior of the island is supposed to be like really phenomenal mountains and valleys and um yeah my greek friend um told me about it and he was like that's it's one of the most magical places in all of greece that he's been Hmm. um and so it's like if if you're up in the area you know make the 50 mile swing out to samothraki it um because otherwise it, it's so far north that it's hard to justify going up just to go to Samothraki. But if you're in that area, uh, it, it seems like a spot that would be worth taking a detour for. Yeah. Well, next time I head that direction, I will. Now, I've been up into the Sea of Marmara, and that was a bit mm. of a disappointment to me because it turned yep. into this muddy, muddy water with lots and lots of jellyfish. Yeah, um, crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but I did stop. What the highlight of that was was the island of Marmara, and uh, go up and mm. I actually had a tour guide, not a tour guide, just a local guy, take me up and show me out through all the marble quarries up there on the north side of mm-hmm. Marmara. That was the highlight of uh, the Sea of Marmara. Did you stop by the island of Marmara at all? Yeah, we stopped on the southern side, okay. and. Um, the I don't remember exactly where, just a harbor, and it was funny. The, these um, young kids, like I don't know, group of guys, like thir- thirteen to maybe fifteen and younger, but there were probably some of them that were maybe like twelve, and they're on this dock and they're jumping in and swimming and whatnot. And we're coming up and we're docking, and the wind's blowing us off the dock, and so they come and help us uh, get the lines in place docked alongside and then um there was like one of the guys that spoke english or no there were two guys that spoke english one spoke english like pretty okay and then one of the guys spoke a little bit of english and the one guy that spoke a little bit of english he was the biggest boy in size and he was clearly like the ringleader and so they were like talking to us and whatnot and then they invited us to come for tea that night and we this was me and Troy and we're like yeah sure why not we'll go drink some tea 
Uh, and so we go and we drink some tea with them and they bring some more of their friends. So now it's just me and Troy. We're both in our uh, mid 20s hanging out with a bunch of teenagers and uh, they they showed us around the whole little village. They took us around and they're like, this is this, this is this, this is that. And then we went and drank some more tea. Um, <laughs> it was surprisingly fun to hang out. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny being in my mid 20s. I just I don't hang out with teenagers really anymore at all. <laughs> and so it was cool to see that. And then also being my age recently out of teens, it's cool to see that the difference and be like, ah, oh, I, I remember what it was like to be that age. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always found the Turks to be such friendly people. I mean, I, I've always very friendly Turks. people. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you're working your way up going through the Bosphorus. What was that like? Now, did you head uh, straight from Marmara up to Istanbul and work your way up there? Did you stop in Istanbul? What, what was your uh, travels like through the Sea of Marmara? Yeah. So, Coming through Chanakale and uh, the Sea of Marmara, you're pretty much always g- going against the wind. Uh, mm-hmm. You're almost never going to have the wind on your side if you're going north, east, and you're going against the current the whole time. But I had the same experience with the sea of it being really dirty and insane amounts of jellyfish. That being said, when I was coming south, we actually came across a surprising amount of dolphins. Um, in the Sea of Marmara, which I thought was shocking considering how dirty the water was. But we, um, from the island of Marmara, we went kind of straight north just to get to the northern side, um, anchored one day there. And then from there, we were able to sail like on a close reach to Istanbul. And then in Istanbul, we did something that... um, I've never heard any sailor do. We we anchor, basically anchored in a tanker field. Um, we anchored really close to shore, but it was in what was designated a tanker field. And then we were able to, and this was on the southwestern side of Istanbul, because the, the marinas in Istanbul are really expensive. Um, and we we anchored there. And we took our dinghy into a marina because I've had experiences all the times where you anchor outside of a marina, you take the dinghy in, they let you leave the dinghy for free, no problem. And so we were going to leave the dinghy and go into the town and spend a couple of days in the town. And this marina was going to charge us like 50 euros a night to leave the dinghy. And I looked him in the face. I'm like, dude, that is crazy. You want 50 euros a night for me to leave a dinghy. It's not even taking up a space. Like, what are you talking about? This is insane. Um, and so we obviously didn't leave the dinghy there. We took it right around the corner to a small, uh, like, local fishing harbor and just left it and then went into town without talking to anybody. Because, in my experience, um, it, people don't really mess with boat things except for in Montenegro. Uh, They don't mess with your boat or your dinghy if you leave it somewhere. Most of the time it's safe. And so figured, yeah, we'll leave the dinghy here. It's it's like kind of gated. People just assume it's supposed to be here, going to Istanbul, spend a couple days in a hostel, go around, come back, and pick up the dinghy. And (laughs) the guy was not particularly thrilled that we were... Uh, taking the boat, um, I. <laughs> it was one of those situations where it's like, hey, uh, 
I was like, Troy, uh, we're just going to go. We're going to get in the dinghy. Neither of us speak Turkish. It's our dinghy. We're just going to take it back to the boat. Um, if he if he wants money, like, yeah, well, we can give him money. But he was thinking that we were, like, taking a boat that wasn't ours, and he was quite not happy with us. Um, and so he was like, come back here, come back here. Like, we're, we're not coming back. Like, I'm not getting in this crazy argument. Um with some guy that I don't speak the language with, it, it'll be easier just to go back to the boat. So anyway, there's one lady there that spoke English and she was on a, a boat um, with some Turks. And so the guy went to her and was talking to him and she was like, Hey guys, do you guys plan to come back? She was really nice. She was like, do you guys plan to come back? And we we're like, no. And she was like, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and that was that. And so we were able to get our trip into Istanbul and save like whatever, 200 bucks to leave the boat in a marina for a few days. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was a nice little hack. Um, definitely burned that bridge, though. We're, we're never going to be able to go back to that little fishing harbor again. <laughs> um, but that's okay. And on the way back to finding the boat we had a whole adventure with the public transport and Troy's part Filipino and this Filipino lady that lives outside of Istanbul you know she commutes like 40 minutes into Istanbul to clean um and then goes back to her home and that's what she does like every single day um she was on the bus with us and Troy looks kind of Filipino I always say that he's like the most racially ambiguous person I know because you could stick him in, you could stick him in Mexico and he would look like he was from Mexico. You could stick him in the Philippines and he'd be like, yeah, he's Filipino. You could stick him like almost anywhere in the planet and he'd like be like, yeah, yeah, he's probably from there. Anyway, so he's talking to this lady and she, we were kind of getting lost with this bus system. And so she got off the bus spent like 40 minutes with us walking us around to get us to the right bus. We went to this first bus and it was, she was like, okay, sorry, that's not where you need to go. They're not doing this thing anymore. Takes us over to this other bus, waits for us, waits with us until the bus arrives and we get on the bus and then she leaves to go back home. Uh, really nice lady. Um, and that was on our, our way back to finding the boat. Yeah, I've had exactly that same experience, but not only that, they've also talked to the bus driver, said, make sure they get off at this space, and then paid my mm -hmm. uh, fare. I've had that happen oh, nice. several times yeah. in Turkey, so that's uh, that's not unusual. It's just not unusual. Yeah, yeah. people are really nice to, like, travelers and foreigners. Um, I mean, just generally, I feel like people are like, hey, you're a guest in my country. I want you to have a good experience. You obviously don't know what's going on. You don't know where you're going. Let me help you out. Um, and welcome to the country. Like, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, if you had somebody come, it's like, hey, come in. You know, uh, you know, somebody, a friend coming over. It's like you give them a meal. You don't charge them for the meal. It's like you just, you, you're hospitable. And I feel like a lot of people feel that for their, the place they live and will, will treat you well. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've already gone another uh, 45 minutes. Let's hurry up and get up into Bulgaria. Into, yeah, work, yeah work so we went up through, through the, the Bosphorus. And uh, the Bosphor Bosphorus, You as you're going up, you stay along the coast, along the western coast. Um, or I think they normally refer to it as the northern coast, but it's the western coast. When you're first entering in and... There is a lot of traffic in Istanbul, like 
a lot of traffic in Istanbul. And, I mean, I've never had so many boats so close to my boat going full speed. But they, like different ferries, different charters, whatever, they will cruise right next to you, you know, 10 feet away, no problem, and pass you and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, all these boats, they've got, like, big tires on them and whatnot. And, you you know, they're just used to bumping into things. And you're just like, ah, oh, please don't bump into me. Um, but you're, you're going this whole thing and you're fighting a head current and, um, I mean, it's, it's a nice experience. It's because of how modern it is and how industrial and how much traffic it is. It's, I feel like it's lost some of its, um, you know, splendor, so to speak. Like I think both times we were there, it was coming going north and coming south it was a bit hazy the coming south it was really hazy um but going north it was a little bit hazy and it was really hot um but it's still cool to be like wow this is constantinople this is a place that people have been going to for thousands of years via boat um and we're doing that and so but then you also are like how the how did they do this without an engine this current is so strong and the wind is against us but they just rode up it i mean i guess that was that's why they that's how they use their slaves but crazy to think about having to row all the way up there so we were going up in um the further you get away from istanbul the the traffic thins out pretty quick um and it's nice. There's a bunch of, you know, uh, straight front housing, uh, beautiful houses. And there's this one particular elbow that um, I remember coming up to it. I could see the current. The current was making an eddy as it was coming around this corner. And I was like, wow, that's a big current. And we're going, you know, we're cruising at like four knots or something, you know, <clears throat> flat calm conditions if we crank the engine we can cruise at seven knots max hull speed with the new engine um but we're cruising at like four knots so we've got you know approximately a three knot head current we hit this spot that i've been looking at like ooh, that looks intense and it almost stops us dead it brings us under a knot in speed and at this point i'm like well i just want to get away from shore just in case we can't make this like i want to make sure we have enough room to maneuver but we were able to chug through it but we were going less than a knot to get around this corner and then it kind of mellowed out again we could get back up to two and then three knots um but we did the the shot from istanbul to bulgaria um straight because turkey actually removed on the western the the in the black sea on the western side they removed their port of entry so if you're wanting to go from turkey to Bulgaria, you have to check out in Istanbul. Which Hold on, you broke. I lost you for a second there. So you said I, oh, I, I lost you. Skype ter- cut out for a second there. So you did a straight, did it in a straight shot, and then you said because Bulgaria, and then I lost you there. So it's yeah, yeah, because Turkey um, in the Black Sea, they um, uh, on the western side in the Black Sea, they removed their ports of entry, so they don't actually have any official ports of entry up there. So if you're trying to go to Bulgaria from Turkey, um, and from like Istanbul is the closest port, which is real pain because uh, it ends up being over a hundred miles. Well, did you clear out of to, Turkey? They're really pretty serious yeah. about that. 
So you didn't clear? Yeah, yeah. You did clear out? Yeah, we cleared where out did you clear, Where did you clear out at? Okay, in Istanbul. Where in Istanbul did, did you clear out? Where was the, where was the harbor, the um, customs? Oh, yeah, we actually did spend like one or two days in the marina um, on the, it's uh, Finnebach, Finnebaki Marina, something like that. Okay. Um, on the southeastern side. And you have to use agents and all of that. But, I mean, we just had the grand luck of trying to check out um, on a holiday. And it was, it, it cost us 300 euros to check out of the country. It was insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that was on the Asian side, across from Istanbul, probably. Is that right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and, I was like, why is it so expensive? And they're like, it's Istanbul. And I was like, that's crazy. But that's just how it was. And I, the person that checked us out, I could not find another person to do it. They were the only agency that was willing to work on during this holiday. Okay. Which was, okay. yeah, real drag. But it is what so, it is. Moved so on. They had you, so uh, they had you over a barrel. Okay. So now you've cleared out. Now, Okay. I wanted to clear that up because you said you sailed straight to Bulgaria. So you went up through the Bosphorus and then I'm, mm-hmm. I just wanted to backtrack because I wanted to make sure I knew where you cleared out at. So I, cause yeah. I hadn't heard of ever leaving Turkey without clearing out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey uh, is a bit stricter um, when it comes about clearing out and they've got a few different schemes going on so i wasn't messing with that um but yeah cleared out there and then um once we got into the black sea we were actually able to sail all the way to bulgaria which is great um it was like yeah i think it's close reaching to get to the closest port of entry in bulgaria and that was really fun um it was intense sailing like Definitely not relaxing sailing through the night, but um, with Troy and I, this was, you know, at this time, Troy's about two months into sailing, um, all on this boat here, Arianrod, and um, he was, like, loving it, and we were, like, listening to, you know, and I I think we were either listening to rock music or, um, like, uh, like, hardcore pub shanty sailor music it was fantastic uh sailed the whole way up to bulgaria and then checked in at the southernmost port um and bulgaria was the like the first place actually they did it in france but in bulgaria they did a full search of the boat they actually came in and like looked through everything and i was like wow that's surprising that bulgaria is like yeah, high security. Apparently, they they like actually checked the whole boat. Really, really nice people. Um, the lady that did the search was like really nice, but she did a fairly thorough search. And I mean, we didn't have anything, so it's no problem. But most of the time, they don't. I mean, Greece, they don't even look at the boat. You don't even have to have the boat in the port. Um, we took our in Greece. We like had when we were in Mandraki, we had the boat in Mandraki and took the dinghy into the port to check in and they're perfectly fine with that they didn't even look outside to see if there was a sailboat there um so bulgaria was a little bit surprising um and then uh went up to sojapol and sojapol is where we kept the boat for a couple months and sojapol is fantastic so what do you remember the name of do you remember the name of the town where you cleared in uh yeah let me look real quick i got this map pulled up here 
It would have been um, Tisvara, Tisvara, something okay. like that, Tisvara. Okay. T-Z-A-R-E-V-O then. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I see one. that. Okay. All right. Cool. So yeah, then nice you... spot. Nothing. Nothing real great. Uh, not particularly well protected, but nice little town. People there were really nice. The people that did the check in were very, very nice and very helpful. Um, and the town was surprisingly lively. And so you spent the bulk of your time in Salzapol. Is that what, what you said? Yeah, Sajopol. Which is um, kind of just before you get up to Varna. Um, there's a, a bit of a peninsula that, uh, yeah, has b- before Burgas. Yeah, I, I see it here. Yeah, it's it's got a nice old town that um, feels like. I mean, it's Bulgaria, but what it Im- immediately made me think of is like old old town austria or something like that you know like wood frame buildings with the overhang of the you know the upper floor is overhanging and they've got the plaster um plaster walls with the wood beams showing through you know picture perfect type of eastern european uh buildings and when we got there it was august or early September. yeah it was august and really lively, really, really lively, and almost all Bulgarians. And they had live music, free music. Some some guy, I assume he was a famous Bulgarian singer, but he was belting it out like traditional Bulgarian music, I assume. And we had crowds of people out. And, and actually, so I'm from the Midwest. I grew up in Kansas City. And so I ate a lot of barbecue growing up and I've eaten a lot of hamburgers and I really love hamburgers. Most of Europe, you cannot get a good hamburger. Sojapol, during the summer, they have a food truck there that is, it's in my top five hamburgers of all time. I was very <laughs> surprised by it. <laughs> well, I'm looking, I'm zoomed in on it and it looks like there's a marina right there in town. Did you stay at that marina then? Mm-hmm. Was it expensive? Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's real cheap. I don't remember how much it was, but I don't think it was more than th- it. It might have been around the three hundred dollar mark per month. Um, at the, I think it might have even been less. Okay, okay. Would yeah, you go really back cheap. to Bulgaria again? If you uh, would, you make an effort to go back there again? Um, sailing. Um, I would not make. The effort, I, I would not make the effort to get all the way back up there via sailing, um, unless I was going to do yeah. the whole Black Sea coast. Yeah, I debated. Uh, yeah, I did a. I, I debated long and hard because I went up to the Sea of Marmara and I'd always thought, well, I should go up to the Black Sea, and I decided to do a, a, a exploration of the north coast of Turkey before I did that, and I went from um, where was it. I, I did the entire coast of Turkey from Rize mm. all the way across by bus back to Istanbul. And I didn't see enough redeeming there to make me want to take my boat up through there. But I didn't go over to Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and it didn't look like that 
yeah. desirable of a of a water to go visit. It's one of the most polluted bodies of water in the world, too. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. And the growth I had on the boat after two months was unbelievable. Um, full power, slick, calm, going four knots. So it was knocking off three knots of speed. It was insane. Uh, the the yeah the growth in two months on the bottom of the boat was I've never seen anything like it. Um, so it's really dirty. Yeah, definitely that, and it's not that great for swimming. But um, it was a fun adventure to get up there. I enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad I you know made the adventure. I've I've heard good things about the northern coast of Turkey, but I've only heard that from Turks in the Sea of Marmara. So they, I don't think they have it i don't think they're comparing it to southern turkey um i think they're comparing it to the sea of marmara that being said i've i don't know about the coast of georgia but the country of georgia i've heard fantastic things about so yeah i mean i would only ever go back up into the black sea if i was going to do a full tour of the coast of the black sea that being said um there's not a whole lot to see there the coast of Bulgaria doesn't have a whole lot of spots to stay. Um, Romania, the coast of Romania, doesn't really have a whole lot of spots to stay. I mean, the redeeming factor, I guess, would be in northern Bulgaria, the Danube. But I haven't even been up there on the sailboat. Um, I just I left the boat in Sojapol, and then exp- I really wanted to go to Romania. I really wanted to go to Ukraine, but didn't make it up there. But rented a car and then drove from Sojapol through Romania, up through Transylvania, which was fantastic. Transylvania, Romania was like, really good. And then drove back down through Bulgaria uh, to the boat and then took the boat back down into Greece. All right, Dylan. It was a short. All right, uh, Dylan, we've got another, we've got another hour. I'm going to cut you off here and we'll get back together again in a couple weeks and continue the adventures, but uh, I've got to get back to work. Yeah. All right. You Sounds take good. care. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It was really Thank, fun. Thanks, Dylan. I'll let you know when it comes out. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.